0: Thanks for listening to The Rest Is Politics. Sign up to The Rest Is Politics Plus. To enjoy ad-free listening, receive a weekly newsletter, join our members' chat room and gain early access to live show tickets. Just go to the rest is That's therestispolitics.com. Well, welcome to the rest is politics
1: awards. With me, Alistair Campbell. And me, Rory Stewart. And this, I, I'm going to give you a bit of credit for this, the awards. So I'm going to be guided by you a little bit through the system. <laughs> <laughs> so what we've done, we've just worked out a few categories and each of
0: us have to to pick uh, a person, an event, whatever it might be, to fit these categories. Outstanding politicians, event of the year, surprise of the year, moment of the year, film of the year, all sorts of things. Is is it all about the World Cup or are there some other stuff I'm going to try and get through it without even mentioning the World Cup. Because unlike you, I'm just not obsessed with football. (laughs) I'm just not a massive football fan like you. And then at the end, we're going to have a Lifetime Achievement Award. But on that one, we have to agree. On all the others, we don't have to agree. We can say what we like. So the first one is
1: Outstanding British Politician of the Year. Gosh. Well, as a starter for 10 then... Maybe the big theme of the end of the year is the way in which we have moved a little bit away, I guess, from the extremes of populism of Boris Johnson and Liz Truss. And in their different ways, Keir Starmer and the Labour Party has, I think, completed the transition away from Jeremy Corbyn, made them a really serious electable party. You know, many, many points ahead. I know what they are, 20, 30 points ahead in the polls at the moment. And Rishi Sunak has, for, for all the grumbles we've done on the show, definitely, compared to Boris Johnson Liz Truss, brought a bit more sort of sanity and restraint back to the Conservative Party. So so in your, in your classic establishment way, Rory, you're going for the leaders. You go for the two <laughs> leaders of the
0: two main parties. I'm going to the backbenches. Oh, go on then. And I'm also going to the Tory backbenches. Go on. And my 2022 politician of the year is Charles Walker. Charles Walker, Sir Charles Walker. Go on, tell us about him then. Well, the reason I like, I've I've always liked Charles Walker because he was one of the first MPs of any party to come out openly and say that he had mental health problems, that he would struggled all his life with OCD. But I think the reason he's impressed me this year in a pretty unimpressive parliament, it has to be said, is he has genuinely, this is a guy who's never been a minister. He's been an MP for 20 odd years. He's never been a minister. But he has genuinely spoken truth to power with real passion and conviction. He did it to Johnson when Johnson was falling apart. He was one of the first people to call on trust to go, said she was an absolute disgrace and a shambles, that he couldn't (laughs) imagine why anybody would would vote for her. And I think I remember as well when during the COVID uh, period when he was – he seemed to me, you had all these kind of anti-vaxxers who were really, really irritating, but he just had a passionate kind of view that we were doing massive mental health damage by locking people up for so long. We weren't thinking through the consequences. So
1: I'm going for Charles Walker. Well, that's, that's great. So I, I, I always liked him very much. I mean, he's incredibly. So he's the stepson of an MP. He's, he's sort of the kind of guy who I thought would be um, almost a kind of pin-up conservative MP of the 1950s. He's very kind of good looking. Um, very charming. But as you say, has very much been a professional backbencher. He was a big um, stalwart of the 1922 committee, which was this it's the backbench kind of engine room of the Conservative Party. He could be very funny in the House of Commons. He'd make these incredible – I once saw him make a speech that I think was about four words long. If not now when. Oh,
0: very good. Oh,
1: goodness gracious me. That was true. Mind you, that was him calling for a referendum, so I didn't like him for that. No, although he, I noticed in the New European, which we sometimes promote a little bit on the show, yeah. he gave an interview in 2019 saying, Brexiteer MP, I was an idiot to ever think a referendum was a good idea. I like him even better. So one of the nice things is he's, he's, quite, he's quite good, <laughs> unlike most MPs, at sort of contradicting himself. He says, um, I'm an idiot. I'm happy to admit to your listeners, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. That's the first award. Outstanding
0: UK politicians are Charles Walker, from me and Keir Starmer and Rishi Sunak from Rory. Now, outstanding overseas politician of the year, and I guess this one's just really boring, isn't it? Because this one there's one
1: such an obvious choice currently in Washington. I know, but we've got to avoid him. We're not, not allowed to say we're not allowed, not allowed to say Zelensky if that's where we've got. I, I think, think we probably do.
0: I think we should probably say Zelensky. Uh, But here's a great question from Alex Skitt. Outside of Zelensky and Putin, if you could pick one hero and one villain of 2022, who would it be and why? And I think I'm going to go for Joe Biden. I think Joe Biden has just been extraordinary this year. I mean, yes, he's very old. And yes, he looks a bit doddery at times. And he gets his words all bottled up. But I think, you know, we've seen it just in recent days with Zelensky in Washington. For all that Johnson tried to take the credit on Ukraine, Biden has really showed incredible global leadership. On Ukraine. He's done some pretty remarkable things on the domestic front. And he's
1: just a very, very nice bloke. It's it's extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, I'm I'm in the US at the moment. And the last acts of this Democratic Party dominated Senate and Congress is going to be to vote through another very, very large package of support for Ukraine. Mm. But there's an extraordinary dissonance because you're absolutely right. Objectively, he's got through this big stimulus package one of the biggest environment climate packages ever passed in the United States, probably the biggest. He's done very well in Ukraine, but on the other hand, everybody that I talk to in Washington who works closely with him literally says it's like the end of the film of El Cid. He's like this, he's <laughs> this dead corpse being put on a horse and run out. So there's this sort of weird discrepancy between the sense of him being very apparently in public, decrepit and forgetful while at the same time getting these amazing things done. I'd like a shout out though too to your friend Macron. I know mm-hmm. he embarrassed himself a little bit, I thought, on the on the World Cup pitch. There we are. I've got World Cup reference in. You're obsessed or you're obsessed. He did He did succeed in seeing off uh, Le Pen in the elections. Yeah. yeah. We obviously had a major criticism last week of him, which is the way in which he's got in the way of blocking a lot of the accession of countries like Kosovo, Bosnia and Serbia to the EU, which was a very important part of what was drawing people into peace in the Balkans. But all that aside, I think he is a genuinely extraordinary figure. I mean, it's incredible Mm. how he's reinvented French politics, how he's shown that being an independent could work, how he reshaped the entire party system. I mean, I I think if great politicians are creative people who create new circumstances, Macron certainly seems to have done that. Mm.
0: And so if we're not allowed Putin as the the worst foreign politician of the year, I think we probably agree that he is, but if we're not allowed him, I think I'm going to go for Lukashenko, his poodle. Um, um in belarus in fact i one of the uh more interesting things i did this week this year rather was the contact i had with the belarus opposition who are some pretty you know fantastic people who are doing some very very brave things um and in fact you mentioned the new european let's give them another plug they did a big piece we got the opposition to do a big piece and it was all about putin's poodle and uh and so forth but you know lukashenko is one of the few last standing enablers um, I guess G is to some extent in that G could, you know, he could push harder against him. But I'm, I'm going for Lukashenko as Putin's sidekick. I, I in um,
1: 2003, when I just finished in Iraq, two, sorry, 2005, just finished in Iraq, and I was looking for a new job in the Foreign Office. And somebody tried to uh, encourage me to apply to be the ambassador in Belarus and said, it's a great opportunity, 2005. Lukashenko's on his way out. This is the last dictatorship on the edge of the European <laughs> Union. You need to get in there as the ambassador in 2005 and you'll have an amazing three years bringing Belarus into the fold of the European Union and spreading democracy to the edge of Russia. we are not tempted. Well, here we are 17 years later. I might have enough. <laughs> well, that, that, that would have been a good job. You don't know. You might have made a difference.
0: So what about domestic? Domestic worst politician of the year. I suppose Johnson and Truss are runaway winners.
1: Well, I, I must say, let's trust was pretty astonishing I mean she doesn't i mean uh, Boris Johnson you know I, as I keep saying is the most monstrous human being, but has a certain kind of political skill i mean he he won elections, he almost got himself back in again, uh, voted in by the conservative MPs he's standing against great survivor Liz truss i mean I cannot think of a more catastrophic period, sadly, as prime minister for two or 300 years. I mean, mm. it, it broke records in every way, as well as breaking the British economy. On the international side, though, a, a little shout out for Pedro Castillo, <laughs> who's who, although he lasted a bit longer than Liz Truss, is a pretty astonishing combination of both being a pretty uninspiring, this is, this is the president of Peru, ex-president Peru, pretty uninspiring individual, not great intellectual skills and development, but also managed to culminate in trying to do a massive anti-constitutional coup d'etat, full-on populism, trying to dissolve his own legislature, and has ended up, as you pointed out last week, in jail. Yeah, but
0: he, he, you say he's not inspiring, but he is partly inspiring from jail, these people to go out and fight on the streets, and it's leading, leading to rather a lot of bloodshed.
1: That's that's true. That's true. I mean, he's a full-on left-wing populist. I mean, yeah. I think he's, and I, I, I was thinking about this also with, Jeremy Corbyn, who's been popping up a bit on Twitter in the last uh, last couple of weeks, holding forth on the World Cup, um, hold, <laughs> holding forth on Palestine and the normal Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> which which um, we all know, holding forth at the World Cup is exclusively your preserve. Exactly, exactly. Jeremy Corbyn and I competing for who is more expert on the subject of football. Um, but it is extraordinary thinking back to 2017 and the fact that he could pack Glastonbury and have the entire crowd chanting oh oh jeremy corbyn i mean it's it's uh it, mm. it, it's it is extraordinary and how somebody who i certainly when i entered politics in 2010 was a joke i mean i remember the labor front bench when he spoke would all sort of turn around and laugh and people would walk out of the chamber when he tried to speak and well i'll tell
0: you i'll tell you Roy, when on the day that david cameron won the election against ed Miliband, and i'd been helping ed a bit during the campaign. And I was down at um, Labour Party headquarters and they asked me to go and do the media round down on College Green. And I was due to do Radio 5 with Peter Allen, Radio 5 Live. And I was went over to the tent and they said, oh, Jeremy Corbyn's in there uh, at the moment doing an interview. Would you mind doing it together? And I said, well, I don't mind, but you know, you better ask him. And so he didn't mind. So we ended up doing this interview together where I was saying that, you know, saying nice things about Ed, but then saying the Labour Party has to regroup and continue to modernise and blah, 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 blah. Now, I honestly think if I had said at that time, do you know what? I think the next leader is sitting with us right here in this tent. (laughs) I think I'd have been taken away and taken over to St Thomas's,
1: And yet a few weeks later, he was the leader. It was it was incredible. It's the most unbelievable story. I don't think it's properly been told. Has somebody written a really good book about how he managed to do this? Because I think if for listeners who are interested in politics, to, to take it back to it, this was a man who had never been considered suitable for even the most junior shadow front bench position under any Labour administration, had been put forward as a candidate Almost just because it was Buggins' turn for the far left of the Labour Party to rotate through different candidates. And John MacDonald had Didn't his, particularly want to do it. Didn't want to do it. John MacDonald had done it, I think, the time before, or Diane Abbott had done the time before, so they put him through. Got a couple of votes from more moderate figures who thought it was good for diversity to have Jeremy oh, Corbyn in the race.
0: Bar Margaret Beckett, Sadiq Khan, where are you
1: now? Exactly. And then <laughs> next thing we know, he wins. So yeah. can you just tell us a little bit about how on earth did he manage to win from a position where nobody rated him? to actually winning the whole thing? I think it was an underestimation of the extent to which the party
0: had changed. And, you know, the party that we, we'd had it in this era of pretty tight command and control, message discipline, so forth. Then we, I think going through the crash, because the Labour Party did sort of at least come together behind Ed and really try to go for it, Ed, I think, opened the door to the sense that we needed something a bit more ra- radical. There is, by the way, a good book, and I've just remembered the name of it. It's, it's called yep. the, It's Left Out, Patrick Maguire and Gabriel Pogrand, who now writes some pretty good stuff for the, for the Sunday Times. Um, look, it's very hard to explain, but, but I think also don't underestimate. We're back to this thing about, and I'm not saying this as being critical of Corbyn, We were well into the populist era by then. And I think the sense of somebody going out and basically saying, you can have all this stuff that you want. You can, we can make all this massive change and we can do it without, you know, worrying too much about the detail. You know, he, he was able in a way that I never thought he would be able to, to galvanize an awful lot of young people to say, yeah, I want to get behind this.
1: It's it's amazing, is it? Because the candidates against him were Yvette Cooper, mm-hmm. Andy Burnham, yep. who's been doing an amazing job in Manchester. I, really, you know, I, I grumble about Sadiq Khan, but I'm a great admirer of Andy Burnham's, and Liz Kendall. And you would have thought any one of those three would have been a very, very plausible candidate.
0: I can't even remember who I voted for.
1: He, he apparently won by the largest mandate ever won by a party leader. Yeah. With yeah. almost no support from his own MPs.
0: Yeah, Owen Smith was a... He challenged him in, later, in the end, And I did, I did vote for him. Um, but no, you've got to hand it to Jeremy Corbyn. He's got something. And now there he is, you know, sort of probably thinking about whether he's going to stand as an independent in, in Islington. And, and even very high profile figures, the history for independent candidates is not great. I've got one other shout out for the worst politician of the year. Yep. Neil Parish.
1: Oh, Neil Parish, the poor man who was watching tractor porn on his, um, <laughs> on his iPad. I mean, this is, you said, we were just sort of think, think, talking about, when we were out for a walk earlier, talking about all
0: these things, all these things that have happened in 2022 that you've forgotten. Haven't I mean, they been so, the, the Johnson era was just one after one ridiculous incident doing damage to our body politic. And uh, I think Neil Parrish, that was without doubt the best excuse of misconduct or bad behavior i've ever heard i was looking i was looking at some tractor websites and for some reason it led me to this pornographic site and it popped up as i was sitting in the house of commons it's, it's,
1: it's also very sad isn't it because there was a there was a labor mp who got in trouble when i was early in parliament i'm not going to humiliate him by mentioning him but his excuse was again that he, he'd, he'd again been found with some astonishing male pornography on his screen and he he claimed he had no idea why Google had suggested this to him. But, of course, th- there is a reason why Google suggests this stuff, but we don't need to go into algorithms. Okay, right. Moment of the year. Moment of the year. What was your moment of the year? I'm going to stay in Latin America. I think my moment of the year was
0: Bolsonaro losing. Ah. And the reason for that is that even though I have no massive connections with Brazil, if you remember the build-up to that, there was all this talk about Bolsonaro wouldn't recognize the outcome if he lost, that there was the possibility of the military and the police getting involved against Lula if he won. And actually, I hope this could be wishful thinking, but it's one of the reasons I am a little bit more optimistic about the state of the world than I was at the start of the year, is Johnson's gone. And funnily enough, Johnson's departure didn't fill me with pleasure for some reason. I didn't—I just felt so sick at the idea he'd ever been
1: there. But Bolsonaro going, I felt, was potentially a really big turning point. And Trump, Apparently, so far, pretty much humiliating himself. I mean, not only yeah. now absolutely exposed for his illegal activity, but having really failed to move the dial on the midterms mm. and having really embarrassed himself in the last few weeks.
0: The other politician who nearly got my Foreign Politician of the Year award was Liz Cheney.
1: Yeah, I wrote down Liz Cheney. I would have talked about Liz Cheney. I'm a huge admirer of Liz Cheney's. Obviously, I am a great admirer of former conservatives who do the right thing and break against their party leaders but but i <laughs> i i think liz cheney's been been very brave um on moment of the year, i think my moment of the year to be very boring has to be the invasion of ukraine because it was something that changed 75 years of european history mm. and it's difficult to remember it was just this year that it happened that it opened the floodgates to challenging the entire global trade system destroyed global energy security wrecked our economies Raise the specter of conflict with China and move the world, I think, from an age of populism to an age of global conflict. And I wonder actually whether that phenomenon you were talking about, which is some of the short term fading of populism. So Trump humiliating himself, Boris Johnson, Liz Truss going, Bolsonaro going, may not be connected to that, that maybe the specter of global conflict, hopefully, unlike The way that it played in the second world war where it seemed to reinforce populist nationalism may in fact be driving in favor of slightly more moderate figures
0: and 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 serious politicians and more serious politicians yeah yeah
1: yeah i I mean uh, Zelensky is
0: has without damn he was time magazine of the year let's give a third plug to the new european he's the new europeans european (laughs) of the year Fiona was saying this morning when we were, we were watching his speech in, in Congress, when you think of the the stress levels, I mean, I'm used to operating under quite severe stress levels, but the stress levels that he must be operating under are off the charts. And yet he always seems to
1: be able to come across as pretty authentic, pretty energetic, genuinely leading. It's wonderful. I, I there was a great tweet out from Dan Snow yesterday, historian, and He was responding to somebody who'd attacked Zelensky saying, this man's an actor. He's turned up in Congress in his his combat fatigues. And Dan Snow reminded uh, us that when Winston Churchill went to the United States, the early 40s, he turned up in his sort of blitz boiler suit. And I think it's right. It's completely legitimate for a war leader to show through the clothes they wear that they are leading in a war. And that's what leadership mm. is partly about. They're public figures.
0: It also helps with um, not having to put luggage in the hold. Just take hand baggage, which is as, very, very as good. We,
1: and as we both right. agreed, is, is very important, even if they send Air Force One for you. Exactly. Camouflage fatigues are also incredibly easy to wash in the hotel sinks. So I think there's a huge thing. No, Just
0: messes. wait one yeah. second, because there's somebody at the door who you might yeah. want to say hello to. Oh, yeah,
1: good, 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 good. It's, it's going to be a footballer. I'm warning you, it's going to be a footballer. It's, it's Lionel Messi is coming to the door. So... He's coming in. It's meant to be Lionel Messi, but he hasn't turned up with Messi, and he hasn't turned up with Ronaldo either. No, I don't think you want he, to see no a Lionel Messi, no Ronaldo. No,
0: not yet. It was the, it was a florist. It was the florist. Oh no! Sorry, sorry. But we'll
1: see. We'll see. Got really excited about that. No, no message. No message. Okay, so the surprise of the year, apart from the fact that when your doorbell went, it was the florist. My surprise of the year is, I guess. Europe's willingness to stand up to Russia, despite the incredible cost to its economies and the incredible threat to its energy supply. That is not something that Vladimir Putin predicted. And I would not have confidently predicted that the German chancellor would have stood up so strongly, that that Europe would have stood up so strongly, that the UK and the US would have stood up so strongly.
0: And that that Sweden and Finland would apply to join
1: NATO. For which a a shout out to Sanna Marin, the amazing Finnish dancing queen Stroke
0: My <laughs> surprise, Rory. Yes. I will be absolutely frank about this. My surprise has been the success of this podcast. That's pretty surprising. I agree. I mean, if you think about it, it is only nine months, ten months since the goal hanger team met me in the Pretamonje, the where you used to do prison pay negotiations. And said, did, "Did I think a podcast with Dominic Cummings would work?" And I said, "No, I don't think it would. Not very. Not for more than one episode." And then we got a hold of you, and and here we are,
1: top of the charts and flogging out the Albert Hall. It's very weird, isn't it? It's like so it's, is, some, I find, I have found that genuinely surprising. I'm not well, I think saying, it's surprising, and I, I it's surprising because I'm also sort of. I mean, it's obviously some kind of odd couple dynamic, but I'm still struggling to pin down exactly how the odd couple dynamic works. But I'm very, very pleased that people want to listen to us. So please, please keep listening.
0: So there's a question there, Roy. The question yes. Cecily Spelling. What did you hope to achieve with the podcast this year be- besides lots of listeners and what ambitions do you have for next year? I think we have managed to... If I've written about this in the, in the book I've written for, it's coming out later this next year, where I do think you have slightly changed the manner in which I approach politics. Uh, and that's through us having this sort of motto of disagreeing agreeably. Uh, I can still be very combative. I can still lose my temper. I can still get very vitu- vituperative. But I've I've realised that actually, it is better to have a, a more consensual approach to some of these issues.
1: Yeah, I think you've also been very good for me. I mean, I I, I definitely have a tendency to go off on slightly pompous, abstract digressions. <laughs> I think you've been very good at rooting us. I think this yeah. is a good this is a good tense dynamic. Anyway, we stop congratulating ourselves. What's your book of the year?
0: We've got one fiction, one non-fiction. My yep. non-fiction book, and I think I read it this year, but it, I, I could be wrong. But it, but it's one of the. It's partly what inspired me to write the book that I'm writing, and it is our old friend Moise's name, The Revenge of Power. I think I think it's the best um, encapsulation of a lot of the stuff that we talk about about why our politics has gone as bad as it as it has. Very good. My um, fiction book is, and I'm, I'm going to show off my German here. I have read it in German, but it is available in English. <laughs> and I didn't realize until I picked it up in a German airport that it's been out for a decade. And in German, it's Er ist wieder da. And the English translation is Look Who's Back by Timur Vermes. And it's this incredible book. And it's it's really, it's very funny in parts. So you feel a bit guilty about it being so funny because it's basically about Hitler. And, you know, we shouldn't really laugh about Hitler. Um, isn't, isn't, there, isn't there an amazing TV series on there's it? There's been a film. Yeah, film. a film. Yeah. Um, which is also called er ist, er ist wieder da. And so basically, just to give you the sort of brief of the story, Hitler wakes up in a rubbish lot um, near the bunker and he's got no memory or no knowledge of anything that's happened between 1945 and 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 the Merkel era which is when he he arrives and he, and so he goes around the place everybody recognizes who he is but nobody believes him when he says he's Adolf Hitler <laughs> uh, they think he's they think he's a comedian or he's a, he's an actor and he eventually ends up on a TV show and there are, there are some incredibly funny bits the bit where he's he's trying to get an email address somebody's explaining to him about the internet and email and so on and he can't understand why he's not allowed just to call himself adolf hitler and there's two reasons one is that adolf hitler is a sort of a very bad name but also people have stolen every adolf hitler formulation going so (laughs) it's a kind of satire but it does it does give you a sense of of why people found him attractive as well, which I know is, you could argue is, is a bit dangerous. But anyway, so that's
1: my, that's my novel of the year. That's good. Well, my book's here. One of them, very old classic, if anyone's got teenage children, but also actually, I think it's a great book for adults to read, although it, it is to some extent a young adult book, uh, Ursula Le Guin, The Wizard of Earthsea trilogy. Mm. Very, very strongly recommended. She was an amazing uh, child of an anthropologist, profound thinker from California, Wrote very well about the Tao Te Ching, the, the Chinese um, mystical text, but produced this wonderful, probably the best book ever written about wizards, and Ooh. dragons.
0: So, sorry, is this is this this is nonfiction?
1: This is the fiction one. Oh, it's the fiction one. Fiction sorry. one. F- right, fiction I, figured, one. I thought First, you
0: were right. talking about. I, I wonder yeah.
1: whether you were going to tell me you also believe in UFOs. <laughs> I also <laughs> believe in dragons. Yeah. Um, the, the a nonfiction one I was going to suggest um, is by Raphael Bear, mm-hmm. and who. We almost lost him. Had a amazing. Had a, you know, he's younger than me, and had a terrible heart attack and mm. almost died on a on a jog. But anyway, he came back from it and has written a book with the title "Politics: A Survivor's Guide," mm-hmm. which I've read the, the 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 proof of, and you can pre order it now. Oh, it's not out yet. Not out yet, but it is pre order it, and it's a really really thoughtful, interesting romp through his own history as a Jewish immigrant his trips to Eastern Europe, his reporting in Moscow, and then his returning back to what he calls the perma crisis of Boris Johnson. Oh. Um, so Raphael Bear, Politics, the Survivor's Guide.
0: It sounds like you're promoting what might be a little bit of a competitor to my book, Roy. And I, mean, so I may have to take him down at some point. He's gloomier
1: than you. You're, you're the more optimistic <laughs> one. Film of the year. Oh, film of the year. Yeah, well, I'm going to say Elvis, which you recommended to me and I oh. thought was absolutely wonderful. Over to you.
0: I would say Elvis because I love saying Elvis, but I'm going to go for Belfast, Kenneth Branagh. I, absol- oh. I absolutely love that film. I think it was this year. I certainly saw it this year. Um, it is, it, is re- it really is a beautiful film. The young boy who plays what you know you imagine to be a young Branagh is just so kind of warm and sort of lovable, and the char- the, the parents have, you know got. There's a real sense of authenticity about them and about their story. And it's not self-indulgent. You get a real sense of what growing up during the Troubles was like. And it also did, I think I said at the time, it, it, it sort of fueled my anger at what this government is doing and continuing to mess around with the, uh, the peace process by not gripping uh, Brexit in the way that they should
1: i've i've been um been watching kenneth Branagh because the hamlet that i've been watching is kenneth Branagh's hamlet it's full length three and a half hour and he's managed to persuade charlton heston to play the actor who does the play within the play uh so that you have you're
0: having having some right or cultural experiences
1: right right or cultural experiences right i think time for a cultural break So welcome back to the Rest is Politics Awards Ceremony with me, Rory Stewart. No, 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 Rory, Rory, that wasn't good enough. So welcome back to the (laughs) Rest is Politics 2022 Awards Ceremony. With me, Rory Stewart. (laughs) And me, Alistair Campbell. The only person I've ever heard do that was Theresa May when she made me a minister, did that sort of voice. It sounded a bit like being made a minister by Paul Daniels. She was like, (laughs) Rory, I would like to make you the Minister of State. In the Department of International (laughs) Development. like that. Listen, I heard a hilarious story about one of your appointments the other day. You can tell me where
0: this is true. I met a guy who is now a press officer at the Labour Party, and he was a press officer at the Prisons Department. And he said that when you were Prisons Minister, you were so sort of committed to your role as Prisons Minister that you were trying out a new tag prisoners. And they knew that you were about to be appointed to the cabinet
1: by Theresa May because you were wearing your tag. Exactly. I was wearing an <laughs> electronic tag and they were able to monitor me right the way across the road into Downing Street on my electronic tag. And then of course, as you know, when you get made a minister in new department, so I'd be made Secretary of State for international development, I then jumped in this fancy electric Jaguar and was driven over to the Department for International Development. With your tag? Still with my tag on. And of course, Tags are designed for released prisoners not to be able to remove the tag. And the only way of getting the tag off was back in the Ministry of Justice. But I was now well into my working day in the Department of National Development. So I spent my first two days in the job with a with a tag on. <laughs> so I'm glad, I'm glad that was true. That proves that Labour Party press officers always tell the truth. Oh, always, always. Yeah. Um, what's your personal highlight of the year, Alistair?
0: Um, it's a toss up. They both involve swimming. Um the, the one country, I think I only went to one new country this year, and that was Côte d'Ivoire. Which um, you loved. You, which you were I really, that, yeah. really loved. And yeah. one of the swims I had there in this, these incredible waves uh, with these guys who were playing music on the beach, and it was just absolutely beautiful. So that one, but probably the winner was actually last week when I set a new personal low of <laughs> swimming in one degree water. Ow, ow, yeah. ow, 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 ow. So I think that was my personal highlight.
1: <laughs> so but just to sort of a quick one degree, there is ice on it or there isn't ice on it? You, Not quite. You can
0: see the beginnings of ice. You can yeah, see the beginnings, yeah yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: So my highlight of the year, cheesily, is actually taking over as the president to give directly and right. re-engaging with poverty in Africa. Because after I left politics, I you know went into a bit of a hibernation. I taught at Yale. I was a bit out of the swing of things. And It's been amazing to now be back in a proper job and to be able to travel properly in Africa and to take on a new team. We've got nearly a 1,000 people, 12 country offices. But most of all, I think we do have a crack at making a dent in extreme poverty in our lifetime. And I think cash Mm. transfer and the dignity it gives to people, the trust it gives to people, very exciting, which is why I'm very keen, Alice, to try to invite you to come on a trip maybe with the pod to Malawi next year.
0: Absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. That'd be great fun and um, and interesting as well now, what about speech of the year
1: ooh speech of the year i, I, I you know i'm i am i am not really a big sp- oh actually it 's a bit it 's a bit last year, but I often don't give him full credit, but probably the best parliamentary speech I heard was Tom Tugenhart on the Afghan withdrawal, which was the most extraordinary five six minutes of mm-hmm. passion anger glimpses of humor real oratory and a very serious political point about the shamefulness of Britain's abandonment mm. of Afghanistan and yeah I should I should give him a bit of a shout out on that who's your speech of the year?
0: well I'm going to get a bit of grief here from all my labor friends because my runner up is Michael Heseltine who did a brilliant speech about why we should never give up the fight to get back into the European Union but my winner is a speech that John Major made and the headline of the speech was, in democracy we trust, question mark. And it was one of, in a very majoresque, quite understated sort of way, it was the finest demolition of Johnson and the damage that he was doing to democracy. And I strongly recommend that people look it up and read the whole thing, just to be reminded, because there's a real danger we forget of the sort of slow erosion of standards and the long-term damage.
1: I also owe you something. Because it's thanks to you that I've had another look at Tony Blair, who I was deeply, deeply skeptical of. And I was actually very impressed. I went to an event that he organized, very impressed by his speech and his engagement with technology, his thoughtfulness about the future of work. I think your doorbell's going, though. Is this Lionel Messi turning then up to, going see to see you see if again? Let see
0: Messi's arrived. It might be Ronaldo. I don't
1: know. Hold on. <coughs> so we're, we're waiting for Alistair to return. I'm looking at his bookshelf. Uh, and I'm looking yeah, at a door. Yeah, um, there's some, drinking, like there's some strange sir, guest no, coming this, in.
0: This person has even brought me a nice Christmas.
1: present. Oh, beautiful! Brought you a present. Oh, but, my... but who is this? Pre- because you're in the way of the camera. I can't uh, see the person. The you'll have to put an ear. you have to put an earphone. You're in. not
2: seriously in action. Are you? What it's just saying? being filmed.
1: This is, it's David Miliband leaning at Alistair's feet. It's absolutely extraordinary. David, well, hello. David
2: Miliband is playing Santa. I brought Alistair his um, Christmas, Alistair and Fiona, but it's slightly Alistair focused two Christmas presents.
1: Oh, David, we're very, very excited to have you. And he, he, he talks you up a lot. So I wasn't quite sure whether you were going to be one of the most famous footballers in the world or I said, I said whatever. Was
2: oh my God. I'm, I feel like <laughs> I've disappointed you as always. I've been a um, This is making me feel like I'm very close to kissing you. Can you put this in the other ear? Um,
1: year. Like, yeah like that yeah okay yeah actually we Al- alistair and i were being photographed um we got very close to kissing each other we were made to be photographed almost nose to nose what the
2: royal albert hall in front of yeah. five thousand five hundred people
1: yeah it was very disturbing david quick question for you we're doing our events of the year um and somebody called emily o'brien's written it and i'm going to give you a second because it's not unfair to you i'm going to get alistair to answer first mistake of the year in politics and personally we'll give you a bit of time i'm going to let alistair think about it while you Think about mistake of the year. Do you mean being our own mistakes or other people's Well, no, I stories? think a mistake, someone else's mistake in politics. Trust Kwarteng, without a doubt. That was pretty colossal, wasn't it? I mean, it?
0: that's the second award for trusting Quateng In the
2: in the, <laughs> in the the demerits of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Go on then. I think the mistake of the year was Putin's invasion of Ukraine. This was a bad year for dictators in various ways. It was a very bad year for people around the world in some in extreme circumstances. But I think... Putin's invasion will go down as grand historical error on Napoleonic scale. I think David Miliband's mistake of the year is kneeling down at my. I'm not at your feet. I'm at exactly. Uh, I've got this rather <laughs> difficult um, thing, Lights. but I want you to um, open the present because the the, the trees motif has got. Um,
1: well, he's opening a present, present. just for, for those you of you who interest. are listening to this. Oh, oh you can listen I, to I see. Quickly.
2: Look,
0: what's he giving you? How to be more tree. Now, just a, a fairy, oh, it. Don't,
2: don't, don't, don't do oh, what look. children do and throw the book present away before you've looked at it.
1: Great Trees of New York map. Oh, was he expecting a Pokemon or something? And now he's really disappointed. It,
2: but look look at the, the, the thing is, it tells you how this now, I'm afraid, just Emotional, in case you are suffering from low self esteem, this will show that actually your obsession with trees is quite well it is. grounded. Look at it's, what the chapter Essential
0: life lessons for perennial happiness. I've always believed trees can make you happy. No, the, the trees don't. The trees have figured out how to be happy. Look at the chapter headings. Okay. Beginnings are always small. Japanese mm-hmm. maple tree.
1: Patience very is good. a
2: virtue. I've heard that one. <laughs> Draw strength from, <laughs> others. Draw strength from the others. Aspen, aspen. tree.
1: The, where, where do you get with the patience as a virtue one, Alistair? The...
2: Ask for help when you need it. The elm tree does that. Oh, that's Adapt very good. your environment, the American nation <laughs> beach. Be authentic.
0: Hornbeam. I always have a plan B. What's <laughs> your plan thought? B,
2: David? Plan. I'm on to plan N by now. I think rather than plan B. <laughs> Thank you very so, much. Uh, is this? Are you podcasting in um, uh, the questions? podcast no, we're doing
0: the main awards award. we're doing a special, award. special awards
1: special awards ha- ceremony how many
2: yeah. have you won for yourself Haven't
0: won any, well the podcast was the, su-
1: the success of the podcast was the surprise david I, I want you to have a chance to talk properly to Alistair, but can we just quickly just do the last bits on this pod
2: no david's not staying he's going he, I'm, he's- I'm not well he's got very important people to see
1: well let's do event event of the year sport event of the year culture and then let you have 5 minutes chat to david so okay. come what's what's your event of the year sport what's your event of the year the culture? event of the year in
2: sport well uh, you'd have to say the world cup I, I think, but the I think English, Burnley, English cricket, English yeah, cricket definitely. has been amazing this year. Mm. Amazing, just extraordinary. I have to say, I think Burnley beat absolutely destroying
0: Blackburn Rovers was up there. I do think Ben <laughs> Stokes should have been Sports Personality of the Year. I know it was fantastic the women run the football, and Beth Mead is a great footballer. But the Ben, what Ben Stokes has done this year has been extraordinary. My cultural event of the year mm-hmm. yep. is Abba
2: Voyage. Oh yeah. that's
0: and if you Abba haven't Voyage. seen it, go and see it. But it also has a political connotation. This because it did it did make me worry about the potential for deep fake.
1: Because you because you you really thought you were watching ABBA, even though you were sitting next to ABBA. You were watching the four members of ABBA perform live. It was incredible, despite the fact they were sitting next to you. Um, so, my cultural of the year, just to remind of all the things that have happened this year, is the Queen's funeral. It's extraordinary that this year has seen so much: hmm. the Boris Johnson List trust car crashes, Donald Trump temporarily imploding. Putin's version of Ukraine, but Mm. the Queen's Queen's funeral, Queen's funeral, uh, the death of the Queen. I think has been a massive epochal event for Britain. Perhaps also worth
0: mentioning as a a great cultural event, the Lisk Trust curtsy. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps, perhaps we should just abolish the whole curtsy thing, Rory. What do you think? I think the curtsy thing. Does Rory curtsy
2: to you when he comes into the podcast? I
0: don't think he curtsies to me, but I suspect he does curtsy when he meets Camilla.
1: Well, at, at the moment, I noticed David's actually kneeling to you, which I've never you, actually done You wouldn't done notice yet.
2: that. You can't see me below my <laughs> midriff or <laughs> above my, sort of my chin, below my chin.
0: I think we should let David stay because the other thing we're doing is a Lifetime Achievement Award. Oof. Okay, now we've already okay. decided who this is because it's the only one we had to agree on. Mm-hmm. And we've agreed to agree that our, the first ever Rest is Politics Lifetime Achievement Award goes to Neil and Glenys Kinnock.
2: Wow, that's very nice.
0: Neil, because of his role in
1: paving the way. And Glenys, who's had a a great public career, but also has been struggling a little bit with dementia. Yeah, about which they're now
0: talking openly as a way of trying to raise awareness and better services, etc. Of course, Glenys worked for you at the Foreign Office.
2: Glenys was a minister in the Foreign Office, very Mm. lucky for me. Um, She was extraordinarily committed um, she had this real experience um, from the European Parliament and the work she'd done in Africa. Neil was actually the chairman of the British Council when we appointed Glennis as the minister, and he then felt he had to resign yeah. from the British Council to avoid any suggestion oh, that Just they, reminds you,
0: can you imagine any of this I mean,
2: Honestly, I, it hadn't really occurred to anyone that there was a reason for him to resign, there was no reason for him to resign. But he, he immediately said, I, I think it's fantastic that, glenis is being made a minister um she was briefly minister for europe and then went became minister for africa but he said i can't carry on in this role because you know what it'll be like people will say that something will come up and people will say that it, it wasn't right so he resigned which and he'd done an amazing job he'd been four or five years as the chairman of
1: the british council oh well that's, i think it's a very good thing to end on and we're going to let alistair and david chat for a few minutes and thank you all so much for listening to the rest of this politics special events no you've got to do better than that thank you so much
0: for joining us at the rest is politics awards for 2022 see you next year
1: that's how you you see you next year